Hi, and welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners. Here today with a, another great team, seems like we were just together. We have Sven Ringling, Luke Marson, and Kim Leslie from SAP Success Factors is joining us today. Hi, guys, and Kim. A quick reminder that you can find this podcast and all 70 of the other podcasts at insightcp.com insights and wherever you like to subscribe to podcasts. So today we're gonna to talk about Success Connect in London that was held just recently. I wasn't there, but the rest of the team was. So let's highlight the big things that we think customers are interested in. We'll talk about the importance of those and then maybe comment on things that we maybe expected or wanted to hear about, but didn't. So I guess with that, I'll turn it over to you, Luke. I know you were there at Success Connect London. Um, what were some of the things that you heard about that you think customers should pay attention to, or you know maybe some of those things that you wanted to hear about, but seems like we didn't get enough or didn't get what we expected. Well, it comes as absolutely no surprise that uh, Qualtrics and the employee experience were probably the big ticket items that were covered. Um, you know, uh, actually, probably in hindsight. Um, Sven and you and I should have maybe recorded our Qualtrics podcast um, uh, maybe a couple of weeks later than we did because I think there were probably a few uh, additional insights and other bits of information we could have included. Um, but I'm sure that uh, Sven, myself, and others will be uh, in blogging and um, covering those topics over the over the uh, course of the future, and you know, maybe we'll have enough for another podcast at some point so that was quite interesting um from my perspective just to just to start to get to hear from partners and from sap um you know, what what their thoughts are on this what their strategy is where they um are coming from um the partners don't all seem to really understand the whole qualtrics things just yet um, and that is probably understandable, given that there's not much information out there at the moment. And um, my understanding is that uh, Qualtrics are not looking to really take on partners unless they offer maybe a unique language capabilities that are not offered by the current set of partners. Um, so we've not really seen a lot of information or understanding coming from all of the partners just yet. Um, but I do expect that to change over time. SAP do plan on starting to um, ramp up enablement materials and other bits and pieces as well towards the partner community. So we should begin to see um, that change. So I had the opportunity to sit down with um, Lara Albert, who's um, the product manager at SAP for Qualtrics, and really impressed with um, her understanding of the employee experience, her understanding of Qualtrics inside and outside of HR as well. Um, her, you know, she didn't use jargon like X data and O data and things like that. You know, she spoke really about it from a HR perspective, you know, with a little bit of technology thrown in as well. And, and she really understands how the integration with success factors and with other um, SAP applications and non-SAP applications really can add a lot of value. Um, in terms of helping customers um, uh, build out um, and evolve their um, their employee experience, 
Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's important to understand employee experience extends beyond just, you know, success factors and Qualtrics are only small parts of that. And that was something that was refreshing to hear from um, a product manager is that they, they really got that. They really understand that, you know, Qualtrics is just a supporting tool for um, helping customers develop their employee experience and, you know, keep it uh, enhanced over time so uh, i found that i found that um uh, really enjoyable and, and and it gives me a lot of um, confidence and excitement about what sap are going to do with qualtrics at least in the hr space over the coming 18 months to two years as they begin to you know really take ownership and get their teeth into it um so yeah so that was that was a um, was a big takeaway for me and i think another thing that was interesting was the consulting side of Qualtrics really doesn't fit into the typical tool set of your average SAP success factors or HR consultancy. It's really um, a lot of its organ organizational psychology, um, maybe analytics. It's the sort of thing that the, the McKinsey and the Baines um, type firms do more than um, you know, a lot of the partners do. So that's going to be interesting on how that's going to evolve. Because you know the in, the implementation of Qualtrics um, and the integration definitely fits within um, the wheelhouse of the partners, but the whole consulting side, which really is the biggest piece in the employee experience um, landscape, is probably maybe not going to be something that a lot of the success factors partners may specialize in. So that's an area um, I'm going to be looking at. Uh, with intrigue over the next few years. But I think customers need to bear that in mind that when they're looking to to implement a Qualtrics um, or they, you know, they want to do something wider with their employee experience, that they're going to have to pay attention to um, exactly who they're going to work with and what value proposition they're going to bring because it may end up being uh, more than one partner they're going to have to work with to build that out. Yeah. Maybe maybe stepping in on, on that one, I guess it's not that much different, right? So far, you wouldn't necessarily have asked somebody to build your HR strategy or design uh, your your compensation policy just because they were success factors certified. Um, so maybe the, the difference on the Qualtrics side, possibly it's the the ratio between the technological part and, and the, the, the business or org psychology part or whatever comes into it is a bit, uh, it's different, so maybe it's it's less technology. But at the end of the day, that, that was we've been promised all those years that technology will become easier, so I'm looking forward to that day. Um, uh, or, yeah, otherwise, I, I think Maybe I was a little bit disappointed about not hearing a, a lot of new and tangible things about Qualtrics, like a real roadmap, which kind of integrations are really going to work with APIs rather than PPTs. Um, but on the other side, maybe it's a bit unfair having been on Qualtrics X4 events and, and used the tool in the last uh, eight weeks a lot. Um, when the, the event is, is aiming at those people who just have seen the logo maybe. So 
Uh, maybe it's unfair to, to expect more from a success factors conference about Quadrix than from a Quadrix conference. So this is going to develop. What I found quite interesting is the conversations with uh, success factors customers. I had a lot of those. Um, not surprising is the usual adoption pattern for cloud innovation, which we have already seen. You get much more uh, readiness for adopting innovation in UK, Ireland and the Nordics. And then when you cross over to the continent, that goes back to being curious about it, but not having any plans to do anything in the next 12, 18 months in most cases. And I wouldn't be surprised for Germany to be again the, the lowest level of adoption country over the next three to four years. But just the sheer size of the market, there are still quite a few, uh, few early adopters. And one of the sessions, possibly one of the best sessions about employee experience was actually from Adidas, who've been using Quadrix AX, I think, for a couple of years. Um, so that that's, seems to be the usual adoption pattern. And then you got uh, some of the expected misunderstandings to almost think that Quadrix is a success factors module. No, it is not something completely independent. And it's not a tool aiming at optimizing your success factors implementation, right? Uh, it's aiming at the whole employee experience. And even though success factors consultants might think that the most important part of employee experience is the HR information system. But again, it's not, it's just one part of it. I think that's important to remember. And that was what Luke, you mentioned already. When there's kind of standards content from Qualtrics into Sub Analytics Cloud or into some other um, SAP Cloud tool to bring the data together, because at the moment where we are working with is going the other way around, getting the HR data from success factors into Quadrix and using those analytics, which is quick and easy and uh, gives you some good insights, but it's not that powerful tool you would see in the in the vision on the PowerPoints at the moment where all the experience data, employee and customer experience and the financial data and the operational HR data come together in one big intelligent analytics tool. So that's, I don't have, I haven't seen a date for that yet. Yeah, no, I was just going to, just going to add to some of what Luke and Sven were saying. So um, obviously we at Success Factors are very excited about Qualtrics and, and all the, the different areas we could go into with the experience management. Um, so we have a number of items already on the price list related to Success Factors and Qualtrics. And obviously we have a roadmap in place for what's going to be coming in the future. But um, just know that we we are very keen to develop and deliver this stuff, and we're aware of the uh, eagerness of the market to accept us and to have more and more, um, more features and more functionality available. But we have to go one step at a time. What I also wanted to say is I wanted to, to um, also praise Laura Albert. She's, she's a great, um, great spokesperson for Qualtrics. She also works um, on my my extended team, or she's on the same team as me. So she's a great person to go to with questions on Qualtrics and how that fits into employee experience. 
But I also wanted to to expand on a little bit about what Sven said about you know bringing the the Qualtrics data into either SAP Analytics Cloud or to some other system uh, within SuccessFactors or SAP that you can also report on it and analyze it within the SAP ecosystem rather than within Qualtrics tools themselves. So one of my areas of focus is people analytics or SAP success factors, people analytics. And um, I did a couple sessions um, at Success Connect. So one of them was an overview and roadmap session uh, specifically on SAP success factors, people analytics. So I held that together with um, the product manager responsible for that area, Michael Reich. Um, it was a very well attended session. I think we had around 400 people in the audience. So it was great because um, it was at the exact same time as Laura was talking about Qualtrics and I believe uh, Franz was talking about Employee Central and Core HR. So we had a um, quite the competition for attendees. So it was exciting to see so many people there. Um, and one of the things that, that we talked about was our strategy for SAP Success Factors People Analytics. And I know there's been some confusion out there in the market about what it is and what it isn't. So just briefly, let me clarify that here um, for your audience. So SAP Success Factors People Analytics is our umbrella term for all things related to reporting, analytics, and workforce planning within Success Factors. So we have we will have three editions of SAP Success Factors Workforce Analytics. Excuse me, SAP Success Factors People Analytics. The first edition is the embedded edition. So this is formally called reporting. You may have heard the term term unified suite reporting or unified reporting. So the embedded edition is the edition that comes with your SAP Success Factors license. So there's no additional license cost for it all of our customers will be able to benefit from the new developments we're doing in people analytics with the embedded edition. The second edition is what we're calling the advanced edition. And basically that is the, the next generation or the evolution of SAP success factors workforce analytics. And the third edition is the planning edition, which is the next generation or evolution of SAP success factors workforce planning. So the advanced edition and the planning edition will require additional licenses. So um, just like workforce analytics and workforce planning do today. In fact, what we're doing is we're actually keeping the same price list items um, for workforce analytics, and that will evolve into the advanced edition and the same price list item for workforce planning, which will evolve into the planning edition. What that means is any customers who've already licensed workforce analytics or workforce planning will automatically get SAP success factors, people analytics, the advanced edition or planning edition. And one of the other key things I wanna point out is that what we're doing along with the, um, all the developments we're doing in this area is we are embedding SAP analytics cloud technology into our solution. So, that's important because I know there's been some confusion that we were moving SAP Success Factors People Analytics to SAP Analytics Cloud, but that's not the case. So we're embedding SAP Analytics Cloud technology within our Success Factors product, which means that customers will be able to leverage um, a lot of the SAP Analytics Cloud functionality without requiring a separate license for SAP Analytics Cloud. So I wanted to make that clear. So. SAP Success Factors People Analytics is not the same thing as SAP Analytics Cloud. 
So if you hear people talk about it um, as the same thing, it's not the same thing. So that's that's one thing I, I wanted to, to make very clear uh, to your audience. If I may just ask a couple of questions to clarify. So the SuccessFactors People Analytics Embedded Edition, this is what's going to replace ORD and UCALC. Correct. It will okay. be a single single unified tool for to replace all of the existing legacy reporting tools and success factors. And and those customers who who are on workforce analytics for HANA now, you say they they can use the existence uh, existing license, which is great. Is it also going to be the same core product with some amendments so that basically what they have built there can mostly be reused with just something better on top? Yes, so let me, yeah, let me explain what's happening. So yes, uh, we are continuing to use the same underlying foundation that we have for workforce analytics on HANA. So we're also going to continue the, the metrics packs. So we will be bringing those into the People Analytics Advanced Edition. And for workforce analytics customers that are on SAP HANA, um, we will be doing sort of a technical upgrade for them in the back, so that we'll upgrade them to the, the new architecture. But the stories will need to be created, uh, rebuilt based on the new user experience. So, so yes, in, in effect, we are keeping the same underlying architecture for the most part with some amendments and enhancements as well as the, the new user experience. I think that, that will clarify a lot of the confusion that has been around this, this topic recently. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Kim. Uh, thanks for that update. Um, another thing I want to talk about, though, too, is more on the transactional side of things that, that a lot of people are curious about. So, you know, this is the whole time payroll and HR transactional system. So I'm, I'm curious, what was going on at the conference about the transactional side of the system? you know, in the payroll and HR transactions and time and maybe even benefits area? I didn't hear very much about uh, the next generation payroll um, this time out. I thought there might have been something given the uh, roadmap that I had seen um, previously. Um, so that was a little, a little disappointing, but I was um, quite pleased with, um, you know, hearing more uh, talk around employee central payroll um, that hasn't had the growth in Europe that it has in um, North America um, to date, but it is um, it, it is starting to get talked about more and more, um, which is promising. There's still some more European country versions um, due out, um, but we know the complexities with with payroll uh, um, across Europe and there's so many companies having such a geographical spread it's not really this it's not really comparable to the united states and and the different states that you have within the country um so that's always you know always going to play a part in in the adoption of employee central payroll in europe versus in um in the united states for example um for the topic of time um uh, it was interesting i heard some really positive things about the employee central time management um, you know, I heard I heard uh, uh, rumors of, of uh, you know, significant number of, of developers um, working on employee central time management, uh, which is good because I think in some of the European countries, you know, customers are not used to 
always paying additional for time management functionality on top of their core HR system. And that's caused some um, barriers to adoption. Um, but I also think, you know, no matter where you are in the world, um, it's good to have a really solid, robust time management capability as part of your HR system. Um, and you shouldn't necessarily have to use a um, another solution. Um, and that leads me on to some of the other things I heard. Um, I think we talked about this, um, I think, uh, either Christmas or probably earlier um, in the year, um, at the start of the year, about the announcement of the new uh, Kronos partnership and where that put Workforce Software. Um, but over the last two, three months, I've heard a lot from um, SAP um, and from Workforce Software um, themselves. Um, the Workforce Software really still is playing a very pivotal um, role um, in being positioned with customers. Um, it, it, from what I'm hearing, Kronos is, is a lot more expensive than Workforce Software. Um, it has a nice uh, user interface. Um, but Workforce Software are currently just starting to roll out a new user interface, which uh, I understand is quite functionally rich as well. Um, so, you know, I thought I thought it'd be good to update customers on, on what I'd heard, you know, that, that Workforce Software is still very much there. It's still very much uh, a, um, a, a, in SAP's um, time strategy. And so, you know, I think I think just to reiterate the points we made earlier, I think customers should definitely be looking to evaluate um, both Workforce Software and Kronos and not just what is offered up by maybe their SAP sales executive. Um, so all in all, I, all, in all I, th I thought it was quite positive from a time perspective, to be honest. I don't know if Sven or Kim, you, you, you heard similar things. Yeah, well, on, on EC time, I, I heard the same rumors probably more than rumors that there's some serious development capacity uh, assigned to it now so let's see what that brings i i agree that uh, you say payroll is is uh, easy payroll is on a much slower uh, track than uh, in the us and europe and, and that's to a large extent due to the time management part uh, as as customers don't see uh, an alternative to the on-premise time solution. So if EC time can cover more than now in, in say, six to 12 months time, that will also speed up the ECP uh, adoption uh, together with the new countries you mentioned. One of them that's close to both of us, Lucas Belgium, right? They, they are coming into ECP now, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but on, on easy time, I actually have high hopes that we, we get to the point where 80 plus percent of customers can cover their uh, core time management processes with it. Uh, not covering like uh, workforce scheduling, that's a different story. On the third party products, I think at the moment for Europe, workforce software as well as Kronos are both in the same position that they are quite thin on localization and therefore face still also more local competitors. Like uh, in Germany on that side, it's still Artos, the strongest player, and the other two would still um, have to make an effort to to get there, really. But 
Yeah, I, I've, it's it's on a good uh, trajectory. Fingers crossed, uh, it goes where we need it. I think there's there's actually one boost for Eurocentral time coming from the European Court at the moment, because uh, there was a recent ruling basically saying that everybody needs to record time. So all this trust-based system where it's assumed that you work enough and not too much, and you on, only record overtime, but you don't actually record when you start working, when you end working to calculate overtime. That looks like it's going to go away, at least in the 27 countries that will remain in the EU. Um, and EC time is perfect for that because those will not have very complicated solutions. Many of them will want to use a mobile time recording system because they are not anywhere near traditional time clocks. Um, for those customers who use employee central, it's a no-brainer to go for what they're already paying for and set up a, a simple version of easy timesheet and time off, and that will cover them. Well, all in all, sounds like it was, as usual, an interesting Success Connect in London. Um, sounds like some interesting things are happening there, and I appreciate the updates from everyone. I think... Uh, customers have a lot to look forward to with uh, the new analytics offerings that Kim mentioned. And it's great to hear that there's more investment in the time system. So all of that's encouraging. So what else would you guys have to say about the Success Connect in London? The Success Connect in London, it was a little bit different um, than what you might consider a normal Success Connect. I'm sure Sven and Luke, you might have noticed it was a bit smaller. So it was a bit um, of an experiment that we were trying uh, from success factors to make it a little bit more an exclusive event, a little bit smaller. Um, another thing, so I'd, I'd be curious to hear what your perspective was on that as, as attendees. Um, but another thing I wanted to say is some other experiments we took were trying out new content strategies, such as 15 minute sessions for like, we were calling them level ups, basically just to give customers or attendees a, a quick snapshot of maybe something they might not have known about a product or something that was coming. So just a quick 15 minute snippets and those were extremely popular. So we'll probably be continuing those in Las Vegas. But overall, I thought, overall, I thought it, was, it was an excellent event, but I think we needed some more seating for eating. <laughs> that would be my one complaint. There were no, not a lot of tables or places to stand and eat, so. My honest impression on the event format, the, the run up, the, the late, announcement and the event itself to me felt really like somebody forgot to book it and then panicked and booked whatever they could find. Um, I love the area. I used to live 500 yards from, from the event, but I think the hotel wasn't up to speed really. Um, and yeah, I, I think it wasn't a great idea to cut the numbers down because it I didn't realize that there were higher caliber uh, delegates, which might have been the hope to get the C-level de decision makers, but you don't get them with three months uh, advance warning. And a lot of people who wanted to come couldn't come, or by the time it was finally announced, they had other things in their calendar. Um, so in, in that sense, I, I'm not a fan of the new model. I did like the new uh, content uh, strategy you said that, that like the more bite-sized quick sessions um, and more more things to choose from and basically it was always on um, 
if, if you wanted to wait for a time without any content playing to eat, you would have starved. But uh, I think I, I like this choice of uh, traditional big sessions versus small uh, bite-sized uh, sessions that, that, in my mind, worked out very well. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that SAP Success Factors is experimenting with the conference and trying different things. You know, that's that's how it gets better, right? Not everything that you try is going to be a hit, but uh, some of them will have some value, and and that's a good thing. So we'll wrap it up with that. Um, Sven and Luke and Kim, thanks for um, joining me on the podcast again. The best podcast team in the world. Really appreciate your time and your perspective and. Um, just want to remind our listeners that you can find this podcast and all the others and the bios and links and whatnot at insightcp.com slash insights. And you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and SoundCloud. And, you know, if you get your podcast somewhere else and you want to subscribe to it there, just uh, let us know. Uh, give us a comment or send us an email from the podcast page and we'll uh, make the podcast available there. So that wraps this one and uh, appreciate it, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back here in a couple of weeks with the latest on the SAP HCM Insights podcast. Mm -hmm.